leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're tuned into BBR Investigations. Tonight I have a very recent report for you. Too huge, out of proportion unusual canines and a lonely farmhouse in the Galloway Forest. We've spoken before about what an average witness is like. How do you go about having an encounter if you want to have one? Now, I honestly don't know the answer to that. For 99% of us, the event is just sprung upon us without choice. Most witnesses are kids playing in the woods and drivers and office workers on a daily commute. Thousands of people walking the dog or out in the woods enjoying their hobbies have sudden encounters of the strange and unusual kind. I speak to many witnesses who are at work when their experience happens. Security guards, police officers, army personnel, bus drivers, dinner ladies. The reports I bring to you tonight happened to two gents during a working day. The day started as normal. There was nothing before the event that would be considered as out of the ordinary. The men had visited a number of other addresses on their route and everything was fine until they pulled into an old cottage close to the Galloway Forest in a very small hamlet called Kirkpatrick Durham. And this is the witness's report in his own words. Hi Deborah, something weird happened to me when I was at work and after thinking about it for a while, I'm still not sure about the situation. I'm self-employed and I run my own company. I'm a locksmith and have been for over 20 years now. I really enjoy my job for the most part. No two days are the same. I get to see lots of new and interesting places every day. I also meet all sorts of people. Mostly good. Once in a while you meet some complete tools. But hey, the world would be a boring place if we all got along, wouldn't it? So for a number of years now, a large part of my work is under contract for the utility companies, under warrants. We have to attend various properties and carry out the warrant. Before we go down the moral road of that's the shocking job. I live in Scotland and Scottish law is different. People never get any property removed from them or money taken off them like they do in England. All we do there is just visit with the utility warrant. We're just checking that the gas or electricity meter is safe usually because the property's empty and we haven't been allowed access to it to read the metres for over two years, etc. Sometimes you may have been denied access for many years or the home's been empty for a long time and we have to make the supply to the property safe. We need to check if everything's up to code and there are no gas leaks or dangers within the property. When there are still people living there, the visit is usually because they haven't paid a bill for over five years or more. We attend and a meter gets fitted if possible and they pay their debt back on a payment plan, normally about £5 a week. But I don't get involved in any of that. My job is just to open the door and that's usually it. But I still get threatened, I still get attacked at times and you just try to not take it personally. 
Now, we normally cover the west of Scotland. We do all commercial and domestic jobs. Maybe about twice a year, we get a rural run out to the farms, which are way out in the countryside. And some are nightmare houses to find, you know, like small B&Bs, abandoned farms, situated way out in the middle of the sticks. When we get these runs, I usually take the warrant officer with me in my van. It saves time and it also helps with directions. This day, we were heading down towards a place called Castle Douglas, which isn't too far from Dumfries. And there's a place near there called the Galloway Forest. It's on the west coast of Scotland. And if you were to go directly out to sea, the first landmass you would hit would be the Isle of Man. We had seven jobs in that area to get done during that day. Now, the warrant officer knew roughly where half of the jobs were, as he'd been down and delivered letters to all the properties the month before, which enables the owner to make arrangements with the company and saves us going out to visit. But the warrant officer said he couldn't find all of them, and this wasn't anything unusual, as none of us are local to the area. We have to rely on sat-nav and directions given by passing locals. We plodded on, got four of the jobs out of the way, and it was about 1.30pm. We were struggling to find this one particular cottage, and we had a really crap signal on our mobiles, and we ended up calling the office for information about the property, and we were told it was near a dairy farm. Eventually, I found this dairy farm on my sat-nav, and off we went. But when we got there... We found it had big gates that were double locked and a massive sign saying private property keep out. The office told us the address we were looking for should be close by. Now, there was only one road in, so we headed down it. We went approximately two miles and then we did see some slightly run down group of buildings at the bottom of the hill. Down we went and there was a sign saying Climadi Cottage. The warrant officer checked his paperwork and said, yep, this is the place. It was a large group of buildings that made a U-shape. So I drove in and did a three-point turn in the courtyard because one thing I've learned on this job is always park so you can get away quickly and don't let people block your van in. When we attend most jobs, nine times out of ten, we get some sort of history of the customer or account. Say there's any chance of a problem or we have to go with care, etc. If there's going to be a dog on site, we usually have a dog handler meet us at the property and they deal with the dog again just in case. You know, we don't want anyone getting hurt or the dog escaping or getting run over or hurt or something. But on this job, there was nothing written down. So we were sitting in the van with the engine running as you never get out of a van on a farm straight away, just in case there are farm dogs running around. Collies especially. They're real nippy, vicious things when they're in protect mode. And I found that out the hard way once before. So we waited. Waited for someone to come out. And after a few minutes, nothing had happened. I did think it was strange that there were no cars or tractors or any vehicles sitting about. Usually in these old places, there's almost always an old Land Rover sitting around. We didn't see anyone around and the yard was just empty. Just then the warrant officer's phone rang and it was the engineer who would be joining us and he explained that he was lost and he needed some directions. The warrant officer passed the phone to me and I got out and I asked him where he was and I did my best to direct him into where we were waiting 
He was about 20 minutes behind us. He said he'd stop for the toilet. But that was usually meant something to eat. Once I came off the phone, I said to the warranting officer that we should knock on the door or beat the horn and get someone to come out. And he replied, Look at the top right window. There's an, Als- an Alsatian looking out of that window at us. And sure enough, I looked, and there was the biggest Alsatian I've ever seen. And it was just looking straight at us. It had massive pointed ears on it too. I said, Rollocks to that. I'm not going in there then. Now, the warrant officer wasn't bothered, and he was all, Oh, don't be a wuss, and he just laughed. He used to breed German Shepherds years ago, so he totally loved them. I've got a Doberman Cross that's like a small horse, so it's not that I'm scared of dogs. There was just something about this dog that gave me the creeps. It didn't even bark, not once. It just locked eyes with us, like we were its prey. I then took it upon myself to beat the horn to get the owner to appear, and that's when I noticed there was a second Alsatian. It was just in the field, standing at the barn. It looked far too big to be an Alsatian. It was just so out of proportion, if that makes sense. It was just peering at us too. And then it slowly started to wedge down to the ground, as if it was ready, getting ready to pounce or something. Then the other one was still up at the window watching, but there was no barking from either of them. Just complete silence. Nothing. Just then we heard the engine approaching, and it was the engineer. He drove into the courtyard, pulled around and parked behind me, and got out of his van, and before we could even tell him not to do it, he was out. But nothing happened. Both dogs were gone. Even the warrant officer was getting freaked out by now. We decided to just get this job over and done with, and get out of there. So I knocked on the door, nothing. We looked through the downstairs window, saw no furniture and no sign of any dogs. We talked and I picked the lock on the door and opened it. I had my police baton ready just in case a big dog started going mental at me. But there was absolutely nothing in there. We went in. The place was completely empty. It absolutely stunk of musky urine. It smelt like pee that was crossed with the smell you get from fox pee. We looked in every room of the house and there was just nothing in there. The whole house was empty. And it looked as if it had been like that for some time. It had late 70s carpets in the living room and it didn't look as though anyone had lived in there since then, judging by all the dust and the cobwebs. They were everywhere upstairs. The window... We'd both seen the Alsatian looking at us from. It was up to our shoulders. So either it was standing up on two legs, or it was a ghost dog of some kind. Luckily for us, the engineer didn't have the parts to sort both the meters, so we could get out of there quickly. But on the downside, we might get the job back next year once the lockdown's over. The whole time we were at the property, you could feel as if you shouldn't be there. It was really cold in the house, considering it was August. It really felt as if someone was telling you to leave if you knew what was best for you. If that makes sense? I've never felt like that on any other job. And we go to some really cold, old, abandoned places that you'd expect to find something paranormal or supernatural. 
Not a cottage in the Scottish countryside. That was the last job that day. We had enough. And we tried to joke about it on the drive home. For the next few months, off and on, I had weird dreams that a werewolf was trying to get into my house. Or I would see that the werewolf was outside in the park, opposite my house, watching me. It made me think about it, and the incident stayed on my mind. I did some looking into the cottage we visited to see if it was up for sale, but I found nothing. I looked into the dairy farm, and that's when I found the names of both places. The dairy farm was called... Now, I'm going to spell this because I cannot pronounce it. I think it's Tarbrioch. T-A-R-B-R-E-O-C-H. Dairy farm. And Tarbrioch is Gaelic for wolf. And it's the same with the cottage. Chremade has something to do with Wolf's Hill in Gaelic too. He said, I made the mistake years ago. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of telling friends of something else. Very strange that happened to me when I lived in Durham. And I still get teased about that even to this day. I honestly cannot thank this witness enough, not only for coming forward and sharing, but also in admitting that he didn't have all the answers. He wasn't sure about what was going on. Many people think that when you're a witness, you have to have all the answers to the puzzle and you don't. You have an experience, you're left with that, and then you have to try and work it out. And this gent's doing what I would do. He's looking and he's searching and he's trying to find out what the connection is. Is there a connection anyway to the names? And ideally, I would love to trace the owners of the cottage if I could. The owners of the land too, if possible. I think there's a connection somewhere that we need to pursue. Do you have any ideas how we can go about this? Or are you willing to help us out? Ideally, I would love to look at old parish records, census records, going back as far as possible on that property to see what we can find. 18 months ago, myself and Mark started going round to a number of barrows here in the northwest and kind of gifting at them. That's the wrong word, but respecting them. Many of them had been walked upon or rode on bad bikes and they had lots of rubbish on them. And we're trying to go in and, and just rechange the energy of that area. And on one of those visits, um, I started to inter- have interaction with something that I would call canine in origin. Um, and for all he doesn't say very much, I knew that his name was Matt. Now, when this gent sent over a list of Gaelic wolf names, I was absolutely astounded to see that the top one 
was Mac. So I have a real interest in this case. I would love to know anything I can about the area, the house, the owner, anything. So if you're up for a search online, just run with it and, and you know, and let me know what you find. Just tracing them could give us a bit of an answer. Um, I mean, it might be possible for some of you to actually visit the cottage. I presume it's still there. Now, there are other reports of witnesses who were working when they had their encounter. Our first chap, the locksmith, said that he had an encounter in Northumberland and he hasn't shared that with me yet. But, you know, Northumberland, a place called Morpeth, Morpeth Woods. And there is um, a report from some forestry workers there that came in in 2003. Uh, I'm a forestry worker and I had started work in this location that morning. It was a normal working day. There was nothing out of the ordinary that happened or that stood out as strange. At the end of the first day's work, we were heading back to base as a group on foot. It was a lovely evening. We were walking along the River Wandsbeck. We were just enjoying the quiet when there was this oddest noise that came from up top at the site where we'd just been working only a few minutes before. I can only describe it as a tremendous scream, but it didn't sound like any animal I've ever heard, and it didn't sound like a human either. It was really strange, and it stood out to me and the others as unusual. And that's, I think, why we stopped and listened. Every one of us looked up to where the noise was coming from. But due to the density of the trees and the thick brush, we just couldn't see a thing. There were too many shadows and movements to be clear on which place to concentrate your eyes on. We just shrugged our shoulders and carried on. I mean, it certainly wasn't a bird, and I couldn't see it being one of the other examples of wildlife that live in the vicinity, like, you know, squirrel, deer, otter, fox, badger, none of them. It certainly spooked me at the time, though. And following that, whenever I got the chance through the week, I'd be looking around for mysterious footprints, which should have been evident, even if it was a human, given the muddy conditions. But of course, I found nothing. The Tillmanston Whoops, September 2015. I wrote to you as I heard something really weird while I was at work. I'm a carpet fitter, so I travel from house to house fitting carpets, so giving quotations. I had a job out of the way, out in the sticks as we call it. I arrived, parts up, was unloading some underlay from my van when I heard about four really loud, unusual vocalisations. Now the best way I can describe these sounds was like a wooing noise. Four single howls emitted one at a time. This was not a noise I would usually hear on a normal day at work and for all we were out in the country, it wasn't anything that I could think of. These woos really stood out. They sounded like the sort of noise you'd hear in a jungle. They did sound like the noise of a primate would make, somewhere far away and tropical, not here. Our nearest zoo's 25 mile away, and I wouldn't think that sound would travel that far, but I might be wrong. I'd never heard these noises before, and it was enough for me to stop in my tracks and really listen, trying to work out what direction the sound was coming from. I was in Tilmanston, area of Kent, which is an old mining village near the Dover Sandwich area. I listened really hard just to try and clue into how far away this sound was, and I did for a while. It sounded close, 
but not close at the same time. I don't know how to explain it. I couldn't pinpoint a direction. I know it wasn't a fox or anything like that. If I had to state what kind of noise, I'd say it was definitely like a primate, almost like a whoop. It sounded like a very haunting sound. It sort of hung in the air after it finished. And it wouldn't have sounded out of place in a jungle-type environment. But in the middle of Kent, it did, which makes it very hard for me to explain. It injured our dog, the wood mill hairy thing, 1990s. My ex-partner was the security guard for the golf course on Woodmill Lane in Southampton, Deborah. He was on his usual night shift that night. Not too much happened down there. So my son had joined him at work for the night. And they also had our two security trained dogs with them. They were attack dogs and would attack on command. They were patrolling the area, just walking the course with the dogs on the lead. And they both said they did hear noises on the wood line and walled their loops. But they just presumed it was a deer or another animal. They ignored it and they continued to do their walk around the patrol area. At one point, as they were passing one particular clump of bushes, the dogs started to go mad. They were both barking and snapping and pulling on the leads and running as close to the bushes as the leads would allow them. At which point, something they cannot describe made a horrid, howling screech and set off running towards the wood line. The dogs strained so hard, my partner dropped the leads and the dogs were off in hot pursuit. As the dogs got into the woods and the trees, they couldn't be seen, but there was a yelp and both dogs ran back the way they'd come from and they were heading straight to my ex-partner. One of the dogs was clearly injured and he was limping badly on one leg. As they were seen to the dogs and checking them over, off into the woods they heard a splash in the stream as if whatever it was the dogs had chased, it had jumped into the water in its efforts to escape. When I asked what it looked like, they both described the creature as around six and a half to seven feet tall in height. It was really hairy, it was dirty and unkempt, and they've only really ever told very close friends up until today. My son's fully grown now, and we were together the other day, and that night was mentioned again. And I remember at the time how my son looked when he came home. He was as white as a sheet and quite ill-looking. It was at least a week before the dogs would return to the area. They were all shaken up quite badly. My son's never returned to the golf club or the area around it. Now, there's a golf club not too far from me, Ellesmere um, Golf Club, and that's an area where in 2016, four gentlemen playing golf saw something hairy, really strange, about seven feet tall, shadowing them in the rough and the bushes. Um, they didn't know what it was. They thought at first it might have been some, you know, some hoodlands or something. Um, and it came out of the bushes towards them and started to almost clap its hands and do sign language at them. They just really didn't know what to do, so they took a step forward. And as he took a step forward, something from the left let out this piercing scream from the wood line. So obviously they looked, and when they looked back, the creature had gone. Now, another area mentioned again is Northumberland. A dark morning, Bigfoot, 2018. I'm making this report on behalf of my husband, who travels most days along this stretch of road, going to and from work. My husband drives a bus on that route. He's used to being in the area in all weathers, and on occasion he's seen a large black cat run out in front of him as he was driving. 
Which, to be fair, it's not that unusual up here now. Even the deer can run out in the road without any notice. You have to keep your eyes on the sides of the road when you're driving. The area is heavily wooded and has ample wildlife and habitat to enable anything to hide out if it wanted to. It always enables them invisibility until they're right there in front of you and the deer's just there in the road. This particular morning, it was about 8.40am, so it was still quite dark. Typical northern winter morning, Feb, March 2018. He was driving along the road as normal, keeping an eye out for deer or any animal that had dashed out in front of him. We live quite close to this area, and we both heard strange noises ourselves at night from something we cannot identify, to be honest. As my husband was making his way down the road, he was astonished to see what he would later describe to me when he got home later as a Bigfoot-type creature. He said he passed it, driving quite quickly, so he couldn't give me any real in-depth details about this creature. He couldn't tell me facial features or anything. When I pushed for him for more of the description, he just said it was large, hairy, Bigfoot-type creature on the edge of the forest. I saw it as it was picked out by the lights from the car. I didn't really know what to say, so we both just left it at that, and I looked for somewhere I could report this to. Less than a month later, my husband had another sighting on his way to Killope this morning. He was driving the same route he drove last time. As he got close to Killope, quite close to the same place as the last time he saw the creature, it was there again. But this time the Bigfoot was further out from the tree line and was standing more towards the road. It was standing on the dirt track in the open. Today was a bright sunny day, even though we still had a bit of snow on the ground. Perfect spring weather. So my husband said it was stood out much closer than before and he got a better look at it. He just started to see it there again, not really doing anything to hide itself. It was just standing out in the open like that. Anyone passing would have seen it. As he was explaining what happened, he said it was bending down like it had maybe caught something in the grass. It looked like it was trying to pull something up to its face. My husband said the lad that sits in the front seat, he asked him to look over to see what he thought he saw, but he didn't know what to call it, although he did see it. So my husband said that he thought it was a Bigfoot, which the lad said he'd heard about them, but he wasn't sure. As they were driving past, the Bigfoot moved its head sideways to look directly at them, and my husband said its face had eight-like features. He also said it looked to be over eight feet tall and was very broad across the shoulders and definitely wasn't human. It put whatever it had caught up to its mouth and started eating. When they got to their destination, there's another man who works there and he drives the other minibus that sets up in front of my husband. So my husband asked this guy if he'd seen anything and he had he seen anything over at Killhope and he wondered oh, if anybody else reported anything. And the man said something like, um, he'd seen it, although he didn't know what it was, as he'd never seen anything like it before, and he didn't know what name to call it. My husband told him he thought it was a Bigfoot, and it was the second time that he'd seen it out there. The driver said he'd seen one run in front of his minibus one night last summer, but he didn't know what it was, and he's never said anything, as he didn't think people would believe him. 
My husband thinks that they might be using a route over the top of the fells from Hanstaller, Killoak, and over to Kielder Forest or down to Harwood, and I would say I probably agree with your husband. Licks Tall is a very vast area, pretty sparse. And in 2015, a report came in from a witness to Charmaine Fraser. I'm a delivery driver reporting a strange occurrence that happened around June of 2011. I can't remember the exact date, but I think it was about four years ago now. I'm a truck driver and I had a long route. I needed a place to sleep until it was safe to drive in a better light. I stopped at Licks Toll, close to Killing, for my tachograph break. And I was woken up from my sleep to find the truck shaking. I thought I was dreaming. I parked in front of the forestry gate. I got out of the truck to investigate what had done that, but there was nothing there. This was, I remember, I think it was about June. Another truck driver, this year, um, 6th of April to be precise, at 8.30pm, made this report. I contacted your members, Mark and Sean Spikins, and had a strange experience this week close to Market Raisin. On Tuesday, the 7th of April, 2020, I was driving on Riverbane Road towards the A157, about 8.15. I was driving around a bend with my full beam on, and as soon as I got around the bend, I noticed something through the cab window. I think I saw a Sasquatch. I immediately slowed down to get a clear visual of it, as I could not believe what I was seeing at the time. I saw it clearly, to the point that I could see the whole left side of its body from head to toe. The head on it looked more oval and longer in shape at the top. The Sasquatch was on the right-hand side, about 30 metres away from me, near a small forest, and it was facing away from me, so I could only see its back. It was at least eight feet tall, very thick and extremely muscular, and it looked to be a thick, dark brown in colour. Its hands were easily past its knees. It was very long. It had very long, muscular arms. Its upper body was a lot thicker than the lower part, and the shoulders looked to be twice the size of a silverback gorilla in body as I've seen them at the zoo. I got much closer to where it was standing because I was in the van. The Sasquatch dipped slowly, stepped off into the trees and it disappeared. After it was long gone, I slowed the van to a stop and I looked out of the van and I could see a freshly killed rabbit on the floor as exactly where it had been standing. But there was no visible signs of blood or injury. It looked like a quick and instant kill. I didn't stop too long as I was en route. I was at work and I had a delivery to make and I had to be on time. The Friston Wood Bipedal Thing One November morning, about 2.30am, a man who drives the roads for a living was on an N-force tachograph break along the coastal road close to Eastbourne. He parked his lorry in Friston Park near the New Haven, uh, which is in New Haven, Sussex, sorry. After a long drive, Mr Phil Heyman got out of the vehicle to stretch his legs and catch some air. There was a red light from a nearby forestry machine and that partially illuminated the area. So as Mr Heyman was stretching his legs, he was amazed to see a dark eight-foot figure which appeared at that time to be a man and he emerged from the tree line. Startled by the incident, he suddenly jumped back into his cab, slammed the cab door and shut it behind him. Although shaken by the ordeal, Mr Heyman still managed to grab his flashlight and look out through the window of the cab to see if the figure was there and it was running off into the forest. 
It couldn't have been a human being, as the skin would have shone in the light, he said. This was a dull figure with no sheen to the skin. So it could have possibly been covered in hair. The creature, according to Mr. Heyman, was bipedal. Bigfoot and a puddle. This report was shared with me by Ellis Taylor. And it's, um, he said, this is a second-hand account, Deborah, and it was told to me by a very good friend who knew the witness very well. It happened in 2007, and all my friends could remember was that it was winter time, about 6am, on a lonely ancient mountain road that threads from the north-east of Creeth to Perth in Scotland. Now, the mountain is littered with prehistoric sites. The lady who lives in one of those areas, she lives in one of the farmhouses, and she was on her way to work in Perth and intended, as always, just to take the main road, the A85. However, on reaching the junction, she found that road had been blocked and a sign that directed her to continue her journey along a aforementioned track instead. The ro this road was unlit. It was narrow and wet, so she negotiated her way cautiously, not meeting any other vehicles as she drove. The only sounds were that of a car's engine and that the tyres made on the wet road. She travelled a fair distance when, just as she slowly rounded a bend, her eyes fell upon a sight that she'd never forget. Knees bent, crouched with its head down, was a gigantic hairy man. He looked like a man, but he was covered in hair. Five fingers, very tall, and he was drinking from a puddle. The lady braked, only a very few yards from him now, and she could not believe her eyes. The creature glanced sideways at her, with seemingly no effort whatsoever, it bounded easily over the fence. It raced with unbelievable speed up the boulder-strewn mountain slope, into the woods, and was gone. But the strangeness wasn't over. As soon as the creature slipped into the trees, everything changed. For no reason at all, the lady's car began to roll over sideways. Three times it turned, over and over and over, eventually landing on its side. The woman, now partially suspended in her seatbelt, was astonished to see that the cassette tape and the other items on her dashboard had not moved at all from where she'd put them. Her only injury was to her shoulder, and it was only slight, and she felt that it was caused by the seatbelt. Fortunately, she had a mobile phone with her, and she was able to phone for help. A friend, a medium, and a very good one, told me that only a week or so previously... She and her husband had driven along the very same road, approaching the exact spot that a friend was to encounter, the hairy man, and she became overcome with an intense sense of dread and she pawled, bawled at her husband to hurry past. That's an incredibly strange report. It sounds like almost like they're trapped in a bubble of energy almost. I'm not really sure what the right word for that would be. Some kind of dimensional shift, I'm unsure. And it's at this point I normally warn you that if you're out and about of a weekend and you're out in the woods, to keep an eye on the tree line. But it would seem that no matter where you are, you need to keep an eye on the back of your head at all times. So until next time, thank you all very much.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.